The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mark Easton is a media personality with a career spanning over four decades in Australian TV and radio who's reclaiming his life after losing everything to addiction and mental health issues. His journey serves as a powerful testament to resilience and personal transformation. And Mark joins us now. Is that your real background? Because I do notice there's a harp at the back of the room. Oh, is there? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So what was your journey? in the Australian TV and radio industry in those early days? Yeah, so the snapshot of that, Toby, is that back in 1978, I used to call races um, at our race courses. Like you've got, you're in the UK, aren't you? Like Ascot and stuff like that. Yeah. So I called races in the early stages of my career and then I, I left there. Uh, I wasn't committed enough, unfortunately. I was a good race caller, but I wasn't committed enough. And I was young. I was 25, 26. I then went away from where I live here, Adelaide, for two years and uh, obliterated myself. But that's that's another story for another time. I was then lucky enough, Toby, to get a job at the ABC, a bit similar uh-huh. to the BBC over there. Yeah. Um, and, and I got a job as a, as a TV and radio host. And so I was there until 1996 and then I was given the opportunity to go to a commercial station which was Channel 10 uh, where I did the same thing and probably a lot more. I did a lot of national stuff. I travelled around Australia. Um, I did comedy for the network. I I presented sport. I called football. I worked on the Olympic Games in in 2000 in in, um, Sydney, Commonwealth Games, uh, MotoGP, Grand Prix and stuff like that. So that's a snapshot, Toby, but that's fundamentally what I did until about seven years ago, yeah. Yeah. You've covered a wide range of sporting events throughout your career. If you had to pick one in particular that was the most memorable what do you think it'd be? Well, it's a really good question. I mean, I, I love all sport. I love calling football. There's nothing more exhilarating than calling football. Um, uh, football, by the way, you're probably not you're probably not totally up to speed with what football is, but it's sort of similar to rugby union, except it's not quite as dangerous. But anyway, yeah. look, I would say I would probably say, uh, even though I'm not a motor racing fan, I think working. Uh, in Melbourne on the Grand Prix was fantastic. I did that for three years and we had, the reason I say that, Toby, is because we had exclusive access to everything. Wow. So Michael Schumacher would be working away in, in the in, in the pits, well, not so much working away, but he'd be looking looking at his car and we'd have access to that and then we'd have access to him exclusively. 
um, or whoever it might have been at the time. So I, I think I think working on the Grand Prix was particularly. I was very very fortunate, very fortunate, and that was one of the highlights, no doubt about that. Now, what were the issues and moments that led up to your mental health struggles? That's a good question too. Um, look, sadly, um, my mother had mental health issues when she was um, uh, looking after us. So she was about 35. She had mental health issues for a long time, was in and out of mental institutions. So there's probably a little bit of that in me. But I, I've always been, I mean, ironically, I've always been very shy. I've always been very unconfident. I've always questioned myself. I've been a procrastinator, which sort of, you know, goes against everything I've done in my career. But for some reason or other, it's worked. So I guess from a very early age, Toby, I was very nervous, uh, apprehensive, shy. And then probably in my mid, uh, mid-teens when I started using alcohol and, and marijuana um, to, to ease that pain of, of anxiety and shyness, I guess in a way what that did was that it, that accelerated things. So in my teens, I started to feel that depression, whatever that is, you know, that black cloud, that, you know, dark thing hovering over you. Everything's an effort type thing. And I guess I've probably struggled with that probably for most of my life, really. Um, it's a bit like, metaphorically speaking, it's a little bit like towing a bus or, yeah. you know, it, everything you do is is difficult, you know. Um, you know, taking the top, at, at my worst, taking the top off a Coca-Cola bottle is, is I know it sounds weird, but it, it is difficult at, when you're at your worst. Um, but yeah, so in answering your question, it probably started when I was in my teens and then got worse from there. And at what point did you realise it was really bad? Because of course, we all have days where we don't want to do stuff, but you wouldn't describe it as depression or like there's anything wrong. Yeah. Look, again, uh, as I started at the start, when you asked me what my career was like, I gave you that in two minutes, minute and a half. I'll do the same with that question. Um Probably, I mean, I mean, clearly, the worst moment was seven years ago when I, when I had a major breakdown whilst I was at uh, at work, and I wasn't able to work after that for a period. Um, so I had to leave my job at Channel Ten, um, which was devastating for a whole range of reasons. And I mean, not just financially, but you know, it affects me, it affects my family, it affects people who know me. Um, it affects everyone. It's got the ripple effect. And and I was also working at a radio station as well. So six months later, I lost my job at the radio station, again, because I was just not handling myself mentally. Um, and then six months later, my, my marriage fell apart, um, which was terrible. So I, I, I guess... You know, in that in that eighteen month period, uh, Toby, that's when things were at their worst. Well, that that's that's when they start started to really become bad because obviously I'd lost two jobs in my marriage, and then for the next two and a half years, uh, I lived off the money that I had as a result of the divorce, and I lived by myself or actually with my dog, who's here with me now. Well, this is my second dog, but certainly Jack was with me at the time, who probably saved my life. To be truthful, come here, come here. Um, but um, come here, come down here. Um, but um, for about two and a half years, I was in a very, very deep dive. I mean, I was using every day. I was drunk every day. I was stoned every day. I was using co- cocaine every day. I was gambling every day. Come here, come here. I was, I was using cocaine every day. I was gambling every day, um, and and I um, and I just wasn't handling life at all. I wasn't cleaning my teeth. I wasn't having a shower in the morning. Um, I was drink driving, drug driving. Um, I was out of control, totally out of control. And 
Um, this went on for two and a half years and I saw no hope. Having said that, I probably wasn't thinking that because I was completely in another world. So it wasn't as if I was getting up in the morning and saying, my God, I've got no hope. I was just so sort of, you know, unwell. And then my sister, bless her heart, and my very best, my very best friend said to me one day, she rang me and she said, do you want to catch up and have something to eat? So I did, and when I turned up, my best mate was there, which I thought was a bit unusual. And of course, they wanted to talk to me and they wanted to help me. And, um, and so, you know, they didn't plead with me and they didn't force me, but they said, we were very worried about you. How can we help? What can we do? And so we decided that I'd go to rehab. And uh, that was on the Thursday night, we had tea. Friday morning, uh, Thursday night I went home, got on the internet, uh, made some inquiries, sent some emails out to two or three rehab centres in Australia. Next morning I took Toby, uh, took Jack for a walk, I walked him up the park and I just let him free and he was running around and the phone rang and it was a guy called Jackson Oppie who ran uh, the Hayter Clinic in Melbourne, um, if you're familiar with, you know, Australia, yeah. Melbourne's another Melbourne's another state, or Victoria is, and Melbourne's the capital. And he rang me and he said, I've seen your email. He said, I, I want to help you. And we spoke for about 20 minutes. I probably cried for 15 of it. And then the next day I was in his car driving from Tullamarine Airport down to Geelong, which is exactly where the Hader, the, they have two Hader clinics in Melbourne. They have one in Geelong and one in Melbourne. And within 24 hours or within 12 hours, really, I was in his car. He picked me up at the airport when I arrived in Melbourne and drove me down to the Hader clinic in Geelong. And that's where I stayed for three months. And how did your life change during and after rehab? So I was so one of the keys, Toby, to any rehabilitation or anyone wanting to get well is that you have to want to and you have to agree to. And some people also, I mean, I'm not religious. Some people will say that they're, you know, quite often it's a high power. From my point of view, I just wanted to get well. I knew that the time had come and, and, and you know, that catalyst was Kathy and, and Brad sitting down with me at that restaurant. Um, so I walked in... Um, determined uh, to get I say to get well you're determined to get well but you know we, we continue to get well afterwards so it's not like you, you, you go in for three months and then you're well yeah um, but but what happens is you you, you know you, you you're one day sober and you're getting counseling and you're getting help and there's other addicts there and then you then you're two days and you're three days and you're a week and then you're a month so you know you just take it sometimes you take it one minute one hour you know at a time but um, I, I think the key to that question and the answer that I would give is that I was just really determined. Now, am I completely better? You know, am I on top of the world? Am I perfect? No, no, no. I still have a lot of work to do. I've had a lot of trouble with gambling. That's been an issue for me. It took me a while even after coming out of, out of rehab. But I guess the point is going to rehab was the catalyst. Well, the catalyst was the meeting with my sister and best mate. And then the second catalyst was actually doing something about it, going to rehab. But you have to be really determined and you have to really fight the demons. And and then, of course, you know, you finish your three months and you've got to come home. And then you've got to live life again. And you've got to pay your bills. And you've got to get up in the morning. You've got to clean your teeth. And you've got to communicate with people. And you've got to, you know, get in your car and go down and get the groceries, you know. And you haven't had to do that for three months, really, because they look after you in every possible way. You've got responsibilities in there. But so, yeah, so I... I at the end of the three months, I stayed with my sister for two years, two and a half years, and I gradually started to work my way back into society because you become very, when you when you get unwell, you become very disconnected with society. You become very disconnected with things that you like as well. You'll find, particularly if you're depressed, um, you find that things that you normally would love to do, you have no interest in. So I had to re, re, re-associate myself with things that I loved. 
Um, and I'm still doing that, to be honest. It's five years, four and a half years. I'm still doing that. But that was that was the start. And, and as I say, and I make this point to everyone listening to this, Toby, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I went to rehab and everything's great now. Because yeah. it's not. It's not. I mean, it's we still have life to get through and we still have our issues and our doubts. And But I haven't used since. I certainly haven't used cocaine, marijuana or alcohol since. And I, I you can never If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Say never, but I, I, I'm, I'm 99% sure I'll never do that again. I mean, I'm 65, so it's not like I'm 24, yeah. you know, and I've got the rest of my life to, to live. Uh, I have got the rest of my life to live, but it, it's going to be 15, 20, 25 years max, I would think, maybe 30 years. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm working at it all the time, working at it as best I possibly can, and and I still fall over and still make mistakes. But um, it's it's just something that you and I've got support. You know, my sister, yeah, my best friend, uh, Cammy Thompson, a good dear dear friend of mine. 
my daughter, my former wife, you know, my, you know, my friends and workmates. I've just come from a board meeting at an Italian radio station that I am general manager at, and they care, yeah. and that makes a difference as well. So that 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 gives you the courage and the determination to keep going. And did you have to repair your relationships with those people? Yeah, you did. That's a really good question. Yeah, yeah, I, I did, and I'm still doing that. Um, <clears throat> certainly did it with my wife. I did it with my daughter. Uh, I did it with Brad. I've done it with Kathy. Uh, but there are a couple of workmates that I'm still working on, one in particular. Uh, not that I did anything really, really bad. I mean, maybe uh, certainly my wife, I was irresponsible and, you know, uh, my best mate and, and, and not my daughter, I, I don't think she was terribly worried. She was just growing up at the time. But yeah, there's a couple of other people there that I probably I definitely owe an apology to for, for various reasons. You know, I didn't steal from them or hit them or do anything like that, but just just for where I found myself um, and how that affected them. Because sometimes you forget that even though you may not have done anything to them, just the, the fact that you have been in this dark hole and you've been unwell and you've been using and then you lose a job and then it, that's in the paper and there's a lot of headlines around about you, that affects your friends and people who know you in in different ways you know it, it because they, they they don't know how to react or do i still need to be mark's friend should i reach out or geez put me in an awkward position do you know what i mean it's a bit complicated but anyway the answer to your question is yeah i, I did reach out yeah i did reach out. yeah and how did you find the courage to open up and start talking like you are just now about your experiences well <laughs> The day that I, well, look, I'm obviously, I mean, I have a very high profile in Adelaide, whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but I have a very high profile as a result of being on television for a long, long, long time. And and I was doing a lot of posting on Facebook and uh, YouTube uh, and LinkedIn prior to, and they were just posts that probably, I wasn't off my face, but I was probably inebriated or coked out or whatever people probably couldn't really pick that but they were philosophical things you know I was talking about philosophy and talking about my dog and how much I loved him and how I you know how life is important stuff like that so I'd been doing that for a while and I had a significant following anyway I uh, the morning that I was going down to the airport in the cab before I got into the cab I did a four minute post and uh, basically just saying enough's enough I've had a meeting with my sister and best mate and we've decided that I need to get well I'm going to rehab and this is why I'm doing it so I posted that and within an hour it was up on our local newspaper's website and um, you know no one was able to talk to me for three months because I was I was uh, you don't have your phone in there so when I when I got out uh, obviously I got a number of phone calls from media organizations saying look we're pleased you're out do you want to talk about this and so I did and I've talked about mental health for a long time anyway. I've been an advocate for Beyond Blue, which is a major organisation over here in Adelaide, in Australia. So I've talked about mental health even prior to my breakdown, but um, I uh, I started talking about it when I got out because people knew, knew what had happened. And I was happy to do that and just be as honest as I can. I mean, you know, I still feel a bit weird about it because... You know, I don't want people to think that I'm just doing it for people to feel sorry for me or yeah. that I want to get up lightly or anything like that. I, I, I do genuinely do it because it helps me, so it's a bit selfish, but I do do it because I know that it helps other people as well. Um, and I've done, since then, I've done a number of talks to, you know, our police force, government organisations, sporting clubs about the dangers of, not so much the dangers of using coke or alcohol, 
you know, or marijuana or drink driving or any, not so much that, more more about if you start to feel a little bit unwell if, or if you feel as though you're just starting to waver a bit in life, just seek help. Because the other stuff will come when you feel unwell because, as I said earlier, you'll, you'll use alcohol or drugs or gambling or sex or whatever it is to ease the pain, but then more pain comes. So my, my message really isn't to tell people not to do any of those things. It's just, it's twofold. It's one, if you feel as though things are going a bit skew-if, then seek help. And two, if you want to go down that rabbit hole like I did, go for it. But just understand that there's every chance, no guarantee, but there's every chance that you'll lose everything like I did. So if you want to take that risk, then go for it. But I wouldn't be recommending it. But I don't say to people, don't do it, because I don't feel that's my right. And how do you plan to continue sharing your story and making a difference to the lives of others? Well, talking to people like you. I mean, I don't necessarily, um, you know, I don't necessarily look for this. But I'm not going to not do this if I feel as though it can help people. You reached out. Um, you know, we connected you know, via technology, I guess, uh, yes. a, w- a week or two ago. Um, and, you know, uh, I did some research on your show. You know, you've got a good reputation. You've got a good show. It's a great topic. It's a shit topic, really, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but it's a good topic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You yeah. might want to bleep that out. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, so I guess, you know, doing doing this sort of thing, um, you know, I, I, I feel as though, you know, while I'm around and while I'm cognizant and able to articulate my message hopefully well, then I'm happy to talk to people like you, Toby. Yeah. And now that you're a general manager of a radio station, is it maybe more important now for you to kind of think about the mental well-being of staff? It's a great question and it's something I'm very, 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 very passionate about. Um, we had a, an incident a number of years ago at a particular TV station where I observed one of our reporters acting a bit unusually, just, just a little bit strangely. And so I spoke to her and she said that she was going through some really tough times and she'd been living in the car and that she'd, she'd been suicidal. So I went to the boss and told him and he gave her the next two weeks off and made sure that she saw a doctor. He didn't identify it, but he had other things on his mind. He has a lot of staff to look after. So I'm glad that I sort of came to the fore there. I think it's really important uh, that any 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 manager, general manager, you know, just a, a staff member, just looks, observes, feels, doesn't intrude, but just observes because I think that too many businesses, too many businesses are, are too concerned about making money rather than the welfare of their staff. And they'll never admit that, but that's what it's all about. And if a staff member becomes unwell or leaves, they get another one. What they should be doing is looking after their staff and making that a priority because if they do that and they've got staff that are well and happy and fit and love their job, then the money will come. They do it in reverse, unfortunately, and we have a, a couple of organisations here in Adelaide. We have a real estate agency that spend a lot of money on their staff and looking after them mentally, physically, from a spiritual point of view, from a financial point of view. If they're having problems with their wives, they have a counsellor. I think it's an expense. I know not all businesses can afford that, but I think that's a really good thing. Well, what's coming up for you? I mean, are you presenting on this station or are you just kind of management at the moment? And are there any kind of projects that you're working on? Well, I'm the general manager of a of a community station. Now, what that means, Toby, is I do everything. Yes. Everything, okay? So I know how to use a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but I also sell. So I, I, I sell our product. 
Uh, I help put events together. I do the technical side. I produce. I executive produce, and I host a show. I hope. Well, I, I host. I hosted a couple of shows. I'm hosting one show at the moment. I mean, I've done radio all my life, so that's easy for me. So I host a harness racing show, a horse racing show, which is ironic because I'm not allowed to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so so I do, I do all of those things, and it's interesting you ask me that because I've just left a board meeting. So we had our board meeting tonight. So I also take part in them. I'm not a board member. I'm the general manager, but I take part in those as well. So... Um, I do all of those things. In terms of things that that, uh, that, that I'm working on that, that are interesting, so uh, last Saturday week, I just had a week off, but last Saturday week we put on our annual ball, our, our annual dinner, which is a big fundraiser. We had 320 people at, a, at an Italian club. We charged 125 a head. We had a band. We had an auction and we made a lot of money, and that's what we intended to do, but we wanted to make sure that there was value, value for, for our sponsors and, and our supporters. So that's something that's just happened in the past. But in the future, I've just recently secured a grant for $10,000 and we're doing a series of programs on ageing and, and how people can age better with more dignity and be happier and and that. So that's a project that I'm working on. I'll probably present two of those shows and we'll get in a, we'll get one of the other presenters to, to present the other two. So that just gives <laughs> you a snapshot. Sounds mm. good. And where mm. can we find the station and keep up to date with you everywhere? Keep up to date with me. You probably It's probably going to be easier if you do it on socials, but mm. I mean, I I, I post mainly on LinkedIn, and it's um, so it's Mark Aston, A I S T O N, um, and also on um, and also I'm doing a bit of TikTok actually, which is a bit of fun, and also and also Facebook. Um, if you just type my name in, um, that's where you'll probably keep up to date with a lot of the stuff I do. Um, but uh, in terms of the station, it's Radio Italia. Radio Italia, and it's 87.6 on the FM band, but I think there's a lot of apps out there that you can download where they'll they'll allow you to listen to overseas stations uh, as well. Uh, I mean, you know how it works. Probably yeah. most, of your, most of your viewers and listeners would know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure it's quite your demographic. I mean, it <laughs> might be your demographic. I don't know. It's We have a lot of Italian music, but we also have Australian shows as well. We have motor racing shows and sporting shows and business shows, and they're all done in English, so it's sort of a combination, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great having you here. Thank you, Toby. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.